0: Hello, and welcome back to Thyself, Thy Gift. This is Dr. Zen. This is the third audio piece of our mindfulness series. The first audio piece talked about initiating the idea and phenomenon of mindfulness practice and its importance and relevance in daily life. Also, we talked about how mindfulness is at the heart of international research and study in areas of mental health disorders and physical health disorders. And mindfulness-based psychotherapy techniques are modern-day first-line treatments and therapies for most mental health disorders. We also summarized at the end of the first audio piece that we would be exploring mindfulness as a practice and as a phenomenon in four different phases or four different levels, if you like. In the second audio piece we had already discussed the first phase of our mindfulness program which was present moment awareness, the power of the present moment and how we demonstrated two distinct exercises, the first one being the one with the senses and eye closure and the second one being the breath being the anchor of the present moment in eye closure. Those two exercises were just simple ways of glimpsing the present moment and understanding the phenomenon of what mindfulness might be. In this audio piece, we are covering the second phase or the second tenet or the second level of exploring the practice of mindfulness in the area of our own illusions, which we are calling as the illusion of limitations. Getting rid of a delusion makes us wiser than actually getting hold of a truth. Ludwig Born The reality of life is that your perceptions, right or wrong, influence everything else you do. When you get a proper perspective of your perceptions, you may be surprised how many other things fall into place. Roger Berkman In this section, we will explore the nature of the self-imposed limitations that most of us confront during the course of our lives. What is vital is to recognize that aside from the laws of physics and science in general, we are only really limited by our own beliefs and belief systems. These beliefs, however, can seem as real and insurmountable at times as the walls of a jail cell, almost. Many of us live our lives confined, gauged within a distorted vision of reality, which drastically limits our potential into experiencing a much deeper and a much more longer-lasting enjoyment of our lives. At one time or another, most of us have become angry and have let those angry feelings lose only to find out that we were mistaken, and we were regretful, and had no reason to be upset. And at other times we believe that we were absolutely justified in being upset and reacted accordingly. As so often happens, something as fleeting and insubstantial as a thought is accepted as a reality, without question, without examining it. In the same light, We often accept other people's thoughts and opinions as the ultimate truth. Just look at how hurt most of us become if someone is critical of us. Our appearance, our work, our lifestyle, our choices. It is well known that some of Einstein's grade school teachers were convinced that he was at least mildly retarded. Think of the loss that would have been suffered by the entire world if Einstein had allowed those thoughts to become his reality. Our life is what our thoughts make it. Marcus Aurelius Antonius Furthermore, when we repeatedly have the same experiences, or we have the same traumatic experiences in some cases, our perspective is often stored in our mind as reality. We then carry this notion around in our awareness, like a filter through which we view life. It's like a little prism we carry with ourselves, trying to judge and ponder everything through that little prism of our self-supposed, self-assumed, mostly self-imagined thoughts and ideas. When we perceive a similar experience, Through that filter, our minds invoke an emotional response that prompts us to react. In time, we can become like robots, automatically reacting without any awareness of what we are doing at all. If you don't change your beliefs, your life will be like this forever. Now is that good news? asks Dr. Robert Anthony. Stop for a moment and consider the wide and vast array of potential experiences that you have available in your life. Think about how each new experience you have ever had has opened the door to even more new experiences and opportunities. Now consider the immense range of likes, of dislikes, of wants, don't wants, can, can't do's that you carry within you. This largely unquestioned list of beliefs about what is or what isn't, right or wrong for you, possibly prevents you from experiencing much of what life has to offer. Which, if any of these beliefs, would you be willing to question? And possibly give up it is only by a process of challenging your old beliefs or belief systems could you potentially see more reason light and staying in the present moment sensitively aware would be the only way forward in the evolution of your belief and your belief systems In challenging your own beliefs, you would be able to have an open mind and an open state of being as a whole to accept newness in your life. This may be an appropriate time to ask that important question. Every day in my client dealings, through some way or the other, we would stumble upon having a discussion about that very important question. What is that question? Simply it is, who are you? What kind of a person do you believe yourself to be? Skinny, fat, just right, smart, dumb, average, hard worker, lucky, both capable of doing great things, pretty average things? Has life been unfair to you? Are you recovering or receiving all that you deserve from life? Are people in your life generally untrustworthy or trustworthy? Do you fit in when in social situations? Are you an insider, an outsider, introvert, extrovert? Do you believe in evolution all these questions transpire and eventually conclude to that one very important question Who are we? Who are you? Through being in the present moment, you could actually start letting go and lose your insecurities your anxieties, your frustrations, and your limiting beliefs. Eventually, the reason why that would happen, and not for a moment am I suggesting that it would happen immediately, but the reason that you would only feel better from those ills over time is because subconsciously and eventually consciously you are allowing to let go at different levels. And once you let go of the past, which remember is a mere process of getting you to the present, you would, through practice of mindfulness and involving the art and science of getting and being in the present moment whenever you need to, and the need surely is all the time, you would let go of those ills and miseries and heal, recover and recuperate to receive more positive vibes and energies from the present moment and that through clearer thinking and better decision making and choices has the potential to change your life and likely to change the lives around you You too so yeah important question to ask few times a day maybe at least once every night who are you? Let's talk about mind traps. The most dangerous of our prejudices reign in ourselves, against ourselves. To dissolve them is a creative act. Hugo von Hoff's mantle. He who can think he can, will. And he who thinks he can't, won't. This is an inexorable, indisputable law. Henry Ford. Mind traps are caused by our limiting beliefs and hold us firmly within our individual dramas. They are the result of our diminished self-perceptions and can affect nearly every aspect of our lives. There is a client stroke patient of mine called Sally. I have known Sally for a few years now. A few years back when she presented to me for the first time, her parents were disapproving and always treated her as if she was absolutely daft and stupid. She frequently at the time had heard their negative comments and criticisms and she was never empowered to think on her own. She felt anxious, stressed and depressed and had seen me at the time. Over time, she came to believe that that's how she really was. She became convinced that she was flawed, unintelligent, didn't bother studying in school, She was defeated by her own beliefs, even before she really tried. After she presented to me and I got this whole story, we started on our mindfulness course and program. We covered the four phases and levels over six to eight weeks time. And I started seeing definite positive improvement in her mindset. She started challenging her own beliefs. She she started seeing through why her parents were acting the way they were. She understood that her reacting in negative ways or training her mind and emotions to respond in negative ways to all the stimulus that was going around her was eventually unfavorable to her. Initially, she was treated with anti-anxiety and antidepressant medicines as well. Thankfully, she was able to stop the anti-anxiety and antidepression medicines after three to four months, and the practice of mindfulness, staying in the present. and further on, eye closure techniques, meditations and yoga techniques has kept her going all along, even till today. The whole concept of mind trap completely applies to Sally's case and how she managed to break that cycle. Notice that the cycle created by this kind of negative self-perception often is a vicious cycle. Mind traps are self-feeding in that way because in her heart she did not believe she was capable of doing well She did not even try and that went on and on until her neurotransmitter balances changed in the body and she started showing clinical signs of biological depression, anxiety and constant stress. Because she did not even try, she never knew that she could succeed. Each time she failed an exam or received poor grades, she accumulated more proof that she seemed to speak the truth about her limiting beliefs to everyone she spoke to. She felt she was incapable and she was unintelligent. She was locked in a self-perpetuating cycle. These type of mind traps often prevent us from experiencing true achievement and are a major cause of suffering in many of our lives, not just Sally's. We would now be pursuing with an exercise. Um, These exercises would would pretty much be the norm in most of our audio pieces, as we have already um, clarified before that the intention of these audio pieces is to be as interactive as possible. with our communication style, as well as uh, getting these exercises uh, and little breaks in the way as well, so that it gives you time to understand and chew upon the information on all these stories and cases I was sharing as well. Um, And then try and make sense of how these exercises can be incorporated in your daily living. And then over time, how it may be beneficial and helpful to you as it has been to uh, so many people all over the world. Um, now, consider this as a core exercise of our thyself Thy Gift Mindfulness routine. For this exercise, I am assuming that the first two exercises talked about in audio piece 2, about eye closure and sensation focus, an eye closure and making breath as your anchor, has been practised a few times. Once you have got the hang and the hold and the grasp of slipping into present moments, almost instantly through the use of those practices and techniques, you would be then ready to do this exercise, which should in my mind, open more doors for you in terms of how you can explore the practice of mindfulness uh, and its beneficial phenomenon. The steps in the exercise are as follows. anchor yourself in the moment with your breath, exactly the way we talked about in audio piece 2. Be open with all of your senses, Close your eyes and try and just shut yourself out to all and everything going around you. Do a quick body scan. Remember, your eyes are closed, but you're still trying to scan your body for any sensations which stand out, any tensions. Accept what you find and relax to the best of your ability. So, for instance, if you feel pain or hurt somewhere in your body, accept it, recognize it, but you don't have to, through thought or through emotion, respond to it at that moment in time. Hence, you're trying to relax despite tensions and especially unfavorable sensations. So, after you've anchored your breath, you're open with your senses, you've done a body scan, you've accepted sensations and tensions, you're trying to relax as much as you can, is when you're switching into your observership, your witness mode. Remember, this is a recurring theme. We talked about it in the first two audio pieces as well, that we would keep coming across this observer witnessing attitude and mindset Whilst you are undertaking these exercises, observe any thoughts and emotions as they arise. Notice any limits that you're placing on yourself. Accept what is. Be patient and gentle with yourself bear with yourself every time i see clients patients discontent feeling discontent and feeling abject loneliness was mainly in the end because of limitations that they thought existed in reality which actually truly existed only in their own minds Until they paused, took a step back to question their beliefs about the very nature of who they were, that old question, who are you and why life should be different for them than for someone else, is what opened the windows in their minds into accepting what was and what is and once that state was reached, and the practice of present moment awareness and mindfulness-based techniques and solutions were employed, the cognitive patterns of these patients simply, rather than going in a negative downward spiral, shot up and transformed into becoming a positive upward spiral. We are slowly reaching towards the end of this section, which of course as we know is the illusion of our own limitations. The last bit of the section I would just touch upon another little task stroke exercise you can do in your free time later. And this would be on top of the other three clear exercises we have defined over the last two audio pieces. Well, this one's just called quiet time or silent time. It's a fantastic way to start a day, each day, in a relaxed and centred way. A frame of mind that is centred and grounded in reality is more likely to take the right decisions through the day and is more likely to stay in the present with most of that person's dealings in the day. So when we say, and call an exercise silent time or quiet time, all we are saying is that you you should set some time aside for yourself every morning, probably a quiet part of the house, could be a corner of your room, where you are just on your own and you know that you won't be disturbed by anything or anyone for perhaps five or ten minutes. That's it. So choose a quiet place. Start off by doing the first two exercises. The sensation eye closure technique and the eye closure anchoring the breath technique. After you're comfortable that you slipped into present moment and are sensitively aware, then you could also do the core exercise in which you get into observer mode and a witness mode and observe any thoughts and emotions and observe them till they pass and go and you're left with almost an emptiness, a nothingness but at the same time, a feeling of calm, a feeling of relaxation. Once these three exercises have been attained or completed, there should then be a little time, and you don't have to look at your watch for that because your eyes would be closed, Initially, you would have to guess these things, but later on, you would know exactly which bit takes how much time and when the time for silent time comes. The silent time basically is the time that follows after the three exercises have been completed And in that space, and remember we talked about the concept of inner space, which we would discuss in our future audio pieces, but in that silent space, what should happen is that you won't really be aware of your body, mind or emotions. And that would introduce an idea of oneness, of non-separateness. And that is one of the level playing fields of mindfulness practice. Once you get and once you explore these phases from level 1 to level 4, we are only on level 2, remember, so just to summarize, the silent time exercise or the quiet time exercise is just a time after the first three exercises have been completed and you're in a state wherein there is full awareness, your sensations you fully are aware of, but there would be a few moments in there wherein you wouldn't experience your body, mind, emotions, nothing. And that can introduce and give you a glimpse of what present moment awareness can do, has the power to do, and it does surely lend itself into that idea of oneness and non-separateness. Being a medical professional and also a spiritual Zen practitioner, a behavioral therapist and a psychotherapist as well, I could see that how the mindfulness exercises and its practices can bring science and the spirit really together. This is exactly the point where all the research is targeted at at this point in time. Today we've gone into quite deep detail into the areas of challenging our own beliefs and limitations. We've gone through three different exercises and in fact we have concluded by amalgamating all those three exercises leading to the fourth exercise of quiet and silent time. Good time to do that would be early in the morning. And if you can repeat the same at night time as well or any other time of the day you can find some quiet and peace, you know that you are doing your bit and practicing your mindfulness for better, brighter, much bigger things to happen in your life. I would now sign off from this audio piece. Thank you again for signing up for these audio pieces from Thyself, Thy Gift. And I would urge you to visit my website www.wiseandmindfulchoices.com which is an online portal for a lot of audiovisual, written, um, and some downloadable content as well that will cover a vast array of science, spirituality, health, wellness. There are options of online health and wellness packages and solutions that may be appropriate for you. You could certainly check them out. Kind regards, signing off, Dr. Zen.